Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast. Today we are recapping episode three of Loki, and uh, I'm here with the coolest guy in town. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? Uh, don't worry, sir. I have my ticket for the train. Uh, don't need to check anything. It's in my pocket. Don't don't search me for it though. But I definitely have this ticket, and you can just let me right onto the podcast. Perfect, perfect. Uh, and also, hey, we uh, we got a fun guest with us here today. Uh, first time on on the Star Wars here. Uh, it's Adam. Adam, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Please don't uh, throw me out the window. I know, you know, Tommy's got the ticket. I don't have a ticket, but don't throw me out the window, please. Yeah, no, we won't do that to you. A Adam, uh, before we even dive in a little bit, you know, I'll give you a moment if you want to like kind of introduce yourself to the audience a little bit. Um, I guess tell them what you're all about, and then I don't know. Talk about like, uh, uh, if, do you have a particular love for Marvel? You know, something like that. Yes. Uh, okay. So I'm Adam. Hello, those of you who don't know me. Uh, I come from Tommy's neck of the woods over at PSR. Uh, I'll do my shameless plug right up front. If you're not a uh, patron of post show recaps, you should absolutely be doing that, and you should come play Dungeons and Dragons with us, where you can play in an Adam or a Tommy game. Uh, in terms of other things about my life. Uh, specifically marvel wise i would definitely call myself like a pretty big marvel fan um with like the exception of the comics of which i've never read any of them at all <laughs> ever so uh you know you don't look to me on those types of things but i love uh everything that marvel has produced all the different tv shows all the different movies um and i've been loving loki so i'm very excited to like talk about this uh this episode maybe is a bit of an exception but i've like loved the series as a whole well, this is fascinating because uh, last week I came on here and I dogged on the show. I, I was not in love with what they were doing. I was super confused about a lot of stuff. I just felt like, I felt like, you know, if I have to like pause the show and like sit there and like, like really try to process and think about what's going on. And I know a lot of people really like that, but for me, it, it just took a little bit too much brain power. And like, it, it was like too, too unbelievable. Some of the stuff for me. Um, which, I mean, look, it's Marvel. Uh, maybe that's my fault for coming into it. But I got to say, uh, Adam, I'm coming on the opposite end of the spectrum here. <laughs> I love this episode. And maybe it's because it's the opposite thing for me, where like this was a lot more simple. It was almost like, uh, it was almost like I don't know if you're a Star Wars guy, Adam, but it's like a Mandalorian filler episode, right? Um, but the difference is I felt like this had a lot more to do with the story, right? Cause they were just thrown in one location and they're doing one thing with one character and they have one central goal and I could follow it, you know, and it was exciting. I thought the visuals were cool. The score was awesome. I love lady Loki. Uh, uh, so much fun. It was a lot. I, I loved it. Tommy, what about you? Are, are you, which side, which side do you fall on here? I might be in the middle. Like I, I think there is really good uh, character development between Sylvie and Loki, that was like a cool uh, banter that I didn't see coming that I liked. I definitely missed Mobius a little bit in this episode. Um, and I think for me too, with the second episode, I think why I'm a little higher on the second. To me, it's like two, three, one. But one was good too. They've all been solid. Like I'm saying this as being very nitpicky. But uh, with two, there was a little bit more urgency. It was like, we have to do this now. This is a panic. The if, From all I know, the bombs are going off right now. And it felt very casual. And like the, the, literally a, called this Majora's Mask because there was a literal moon trying to jump into this planet. And uh, it just seemed that there wasn't as much pace, fast pace, if that makes sense. But I did love the episode. I think like we'll get into the parts that I really enjoyed. But I, I think it felt like by the end, it felt like we were like on this roller coaster going up, going up, going up. And it stopped 
right at the top. And I want to see where this now falling action is from this like interaction. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that does. That does. Um, Adam, I'm curious. I, I want to hear a little bit more about like uh, maybe some of the things that didn't work for you. Cause I, I cause I do, I, I'm starting to think maybe like we are looking for different things in the show, which is cool. We're, we all have different tastes, but yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I think we are. There's like a lot, honestly, there's like a lot of things. Um, they're like not huge. Um, and like, we'll get into the plot stuff I'm sure at some point, but like just the overall premise that we were just sort of like told to believe of like, okay, they have this transporter that took them here. All right. Okay. They've done that before. And it's like out of battery now. Like, uh, okay. Like we didn't recharge the double A's before we left. All right, fine. Okay, they get here. Somehow Sylvie knows how to recharge it for whatever reason. Okay, all right, fine. I guess we're supposed to, like, believe that. Then we're going to, like, this new planet where there's this arc that no one makes it off of. But they can, like... I, there's just, like, a lot of things where it's, like, the actual plot of the episode was sort of just yada yada was, like, sort of, like, okay, this is the situation... And we got some amazing things like as a result of ignoring that plot. Like we got the interplay between the two. We got the character development. We got the really, really cool scenes, but it was at the expense of like the logic of the actual plot, which was not the case in previous episodes where we were like explain a little bit more about like the mechanics of how the things worked, why the things worked. And then we still got that interaction between Loki and Mobius, but not between Sylvie, obviously. But this time it was like, okay like what do you mean that needs like more battery like what is that so i i gotta compare this because i i felt like uh and maybe it felt like more of a relatable feeling to me this episode and maybe like a grand metaphorical way but i had flashbacks to when i took a trip to uh chicago with my wife my wife is originally from chicago um but oh, actually, she, she's from outside of Chicago, so she's not super familiar with the city, right? Um, but what we did, we parked and we just walked and we sight saw. We walked like six miles, and we were we were getting pizza and and going to that big tower thingy and uh, doing all that fun stuff. But the thing was, my phone started to die at one point, and it, it my phone was like it, it did that thing where it just plummeted, right? Like just no warning. So we're like six miles from the car, my phone's dying. And I'm like, I'm going to be trapped in the city. I, like, like I'm a millennial, right? I, I like my driving experience has always been accompanied with at least a GPS. Right. So uh, at this point I'm going on a complete tangent here, but it felt very relatable in the fact that like, there's this urgency that like, we have to get out of here. I have this device that I'm relying on and I can't do it. And I don't know why, like, maybe I am like, uh, extending some belief uh, and, and kind of closing those gaps because it did felt like a very personal experience to me. Um, I don't know if anybody will ever relate to that specific story, but <laughs> you know, probably yeah. people that go to libraries, they can probably relate to uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause there's just books. There's no technology. It's like ancient in there. Yeah. But I, I hear you, Adam, like there is definitely some, and I think even in episode two, there were some things that like Michael was saying plot wise, like he's like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around this because it doesn't really all make sense. There is a theory that's going around. I'll, I'll save it for the end so that we don't, you know, we can, but there is a theory that's going around that might explain why the plot is a little mumbo jumbo. I think if that theory is true, it's going to upset me more, but we'll get to that later on. 
Um, wow, what a tease, Tom. Yeah. Well, I don't want you know. There's some people that are like, "Oh, we love spoilers." There's some people that are like, "No, like, just give me the episode. Don't, don't give me your theories, Tommy. You know, Fisto. I was gonna say, like, do you know? Like, is it a real spoiler? Or are you just like shooting from the hip well, here? So here's the thing. I, I think that like a theory that you come up, like for instance, last week uh, we talked, and this is interesting because we kind of had that confirmation now a little bit. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird, but we talked about the fact that Lady Loki is Sylvie, who is Enchantress from the comic book. Um, it doesn't necessarily seem it seems like they might have merged the characters a little bit maybe Toby can help me there but yeah yeah, we knew about that kind of like we knew that was coming and we talked about it later on so I guess there is a line there where like uh, some people don't want to know too much um, but I I guess it all just depends on where you're pooling your information from to build the theory should we just get no warnings and from now on we just like throw it like we could be talking about like anything casually just be like also uh, Loki is going to be the supreme ruler of the world and like no one will see it coming yeah as long as you get really loud when you like <laughs> announce those things i think that's the key yeah because you gotta get their attention yeah exactly <laughs> all right yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll put a pin in it but let, let's go ahead and dive into our little highlights here because our first highlight um it's kicking off just like the the first of the episode we get a little deep dive into uh how how sylvie works her her charm on people i, I um may, this might have been uh a bit of I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to come back to be important or like we needed this explanation for the future. I, I don't know. This might have been w- one of the weaker parts of the episode for me. But uh, Tommy, I'm curious what you thought of Sylvie and the Margaritas. Yeah, I think my first watch, I was also like, what is the point of this? And I think like for me, I think there has to be it has to come up. There has to be something where like she can tap into people's memories and like go like I think that's going to come up. Um, but I, I thought it was a fun scene. It definitely like. It was cool to jump into because, like, when I first watched it, I was like, okay, wait, was Sylvie just a, a regular person? And then, like, somehow she got power. Like, I was trying to figure this out. And then I'm like, nope, nope, this is the Sylvie we know. She's just pretending she's acting. Um, that was a fun scene. Love some Margs. I would get Margs with Sylvie if she offered. I would <laughs> I would go get some margaritas with her. Yes, totally. Uh, yeah, Adam, what do you? Well, I guess, yeah, I guess my my continued question is like, uh, I mean, what do you think? I, I know you're kind of down on the episode. This is my least favorite scene of the episode. I don't know if you think it was necessary. Like for me, like I kind of got the point. Again, maybe like the more specific memories is going to be important later on. But to me, it was kind of like, okay, I I kind of know what she's doing. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, what what do you think of all of this? This is fascinating because I loved this scene. I really did. Wow. So, Love it. I have to say, and I, uh, this is like a whole nother point that we're going to talk about, but the whole idea of everyone working at the TVA being variants, I didn't think that was going to be something that was fully revealed in this episode, but it was something that was hinted at in this opening scene. I think that she said something like, I remember this place or something like that. And before that, we were led to believe that all, everyone working at the TVA was sort of just constructs of the Time Lords or something. I don't know exactly what we were led to believe, but like, uh, this was like our first clue that that was not the case. And so I, not knowing that we were going to get that full reveal later, I thought this was actually a really interesting way to like combine the Sylvie stuff that we like didn't know, the TVA stuff that we didn't know, and like give us two characters that we would like hypothetically never be able to see together in a scene open up the episode. I loved it. I thought it was actually a really good opening. And it was fun to see, I think... Sylvie right off the bat she goes from like super nice to just like 
you know, cutthroat and just like, no, I need to know this information now. Like it was really cool watching acting wise. And just like, I feel like it tells us a lot about that character right off the bat. You kind of like with uh, other Loki, you know, Tom Hiddleston Loki, it's like, you can never know if you can really trust what she's telling you. I love Sylvie though. I I mean, uh, I've really, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. You know, Uh, we kind of talked about like our concerns with uh, her just being like a copy and paste Loki, but I felt like she had a lot of her own personality and uh, yeah, I I like her. I I do like, despite me bashing the scene, I really do like the concept of her powers. So uh, yeah, pro, pro Sylvie here. A lot of fun. So um, you guys have, Uh, like Tommy, I would definitely go for a margarita. Definitely like a big Marg guy. So (laughs) Uh, you know, throw it all together. You got a good scene, I think. Yeah, there's a place out here that offer regular margaritas, and you can get Texas size, and they're 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 bigger. But like sometimes it hurts your tummy. It's a little too much sugar, guys. That's my margarita margarita moments with Tommy. Don't get it too big because it'll hurt your tummy. Okay, you have a little sensitive tummy, Tommy. Sometimes, some, sometimes sugar is too much, and then it like hurts and everything. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Tommy, I, I don't know if I've ever heard sugar uh, be described as painful, but um, you've never had like a sugar high where it's like too much sugar and you're like you're so jittery and you're like you're out of control. I don't know that I, I honestly don't think I have, but I think uh, I probably get that more maybe like when I drink a Red Bull. But yeah, caffeine for sure. Well, there's other stuff in there. Yeah. Have you ever ordered a uh, Texas large margarita? No, I haven't. See, that's so. that's why you've never <laughs> yeah. that's why you've never had those sugar highs. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I'm coming to you soon, Tommy. So we'll we'll get to the bottom of this. Uh, Good. Uh, let's go to uh, highlight number two, Tommy. I'm curious what I want. I want to hear what you got to say about all this. Um, the timekeepers. Yeah. So I want to get into like right after we see the fun margarita scene, we jump right into where we were last week, where we see Sylvie is inside the TVA and she is kicking booty she is uh fighting very well and uh i wanted to talk about the timekeepers in general in this whole scene but i think to start off i loved just like i love the difference between the way that sylvie fights and the way that loki fights i think it's really interesting noticing both the differences between these two variants and the similarities and i think that's talked about a lot in this episode um and Specifically, even the fighting style. And I love that we got, like, the cool knife. Loki throwing his knives up and catching him again. Classic Loki. Uh, but, yeah, let's – what do you guys think of, like, the the fighting, like, Sylvie going to the TVA? Uh, I got to say, we, we – uh... We gotta we gotta call in Jalen Jones here because look this fighting choreography I loved it I, I thought that I thought that some of and it was very it was a pretty brief scene but I thought that a lot of the fighting and and like the thought that went into the fighting from just the different moves she used and like you said Tommy the contrasting between Loki and and Sylvie and and the differences there I, I thought there was so much thought put into all of this but when she jumps off the wall and like the it's. I thought she was so cool, and here, here's my hot take. I thought that this action scene was better than any other action, any other hand-to-hand combat scene than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think there was some cooler, like like when he's like flying around with helicopters. I think that was probably a little bit cooler. But as far as hand-to-hand combat, I give the victory card to this one for Marvel television thus far. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I mean, couldn't even agree more with that last take. Uh, famously, I did not love Falcon of the Winter Soldier, like, at all. But um, 
Agreed. And we get it a couple times this episode of the hand-to-hand combat that's like really, really cool and like entertaining, especially like like Tommy said, going back and forth between the two. Uh, the one thing in the scene that I thought was like the most interesting, uh, like when she first gets back into the TVA, it's like a very noticeable thing where she tries to use her powers and they don't work. And she like didn't have that expectation, which I think like to me asked so many questions of like, how does she like know all this information and have all these things without like knowing her powers don't work here? Like why was that expectation wrong? And she adapted like ridiculously quickly and was able to like use her powers. Like you guys have been saying like really, really well and like fought really, really well. But like, why did she not know that they didn't work here? Yeah. That's an interesting point. Cause that's something like Loki learned in the first hour. So it's like, did she not get captured? And if that's the case, like how does she know, like you said, how does she know how to charge the the yeah. time pad, but she doesn't know that her powers work? And I, I hope we get those. I think we'll get those answers, uh, hopefully. But it is like an odd thing when you think about it. it's like, so you, you didn't you spent a year preparing for this this yeah. takeover and you, you didn't know that you couldn't use your powers there. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then my other thought about this scene was like the timekeepers. I'm kind of with you, Michael. They're definitely going to be sketchy by the end of this. Uh, like there are, there are theories about the timekeepers. Uh, I, I don't know how much I believe in all, all that jazz, but what I do believe is that something's up with them. Something's not smelling right about these timekeepers. Do they exist? Are they real? That's the question. That's that's what I think. I, I guess that's what Tommy was saying about because la- last week or maybe it was a week. I don't remember. But my theory is there are not timekeepers. I, yeah. I don't believe that these three figures exist at this I'm point. On board. And, and and I do believe there is a figurehead. And uh, personally, uh, I, I do have a person who I think that is. But I do not think it's the three people that we see in the statues. Do you think it's the judge? Not to throw it out there, but I'm throwing it out there. Uh, no, I think it might be a love interest of the judge. Oh, is that, is that how that worked in the comics, Tommy? Uh, no, <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> and I like that they're doing things. I like one thing I will say about Marvel is they do these things of like, even if you read the comics, they are throwing curveballs into the characters. Like you mentioned, like making Lo- Lady Loki and, and Enchantress almost one character. I like that they're taking what they like from certain comics. Now, when you get into that, it does sometimes get muddied. And, and there are these plot holes that we're finding sometimes because they're just like, they're like, I like this and I like that. And then they just put it together and they don't really look at how it actually uh, works. But it's still fun. It's a fun ride to, to, to make these assumptions. But yeah, Timekeeper is bad. The judge, I think she's bad. I don't know. I'm not trusting her either. She looked very scary at the end with her with her giant <laughs> like uh, eraser stick. I love those things. I would fight with one of those things in a heartbeat. They're terrifying. That's a, such a terrifying weapon. Like, I, I don't know if it's painful, um, but... Probably. Like, it's just you're done. Like that's it. Do we think it just murders them, or or my thought is maybe they, it like brings them to like a rehabilitation like factory where they're like up on conveyor belts, and this is how they turn into TVA variants. It's like they get sent to like a Whoa. factory, and then they get like mind you know messed with, and they they come back out as TVA agents. My my read was that um, or I guess the, from the context clues I was picking up, it was almost like it's worse than murder because you're being erased from time. Like, so if they're, 
And I know we have the sacred timeline, but if there were other timelines, you would not exist there either. That's how how, how I picked it. Because I, I, I thought I thought that's how they described it at least. Like the it's not it's you're being erased from time. This version of you, because I feel like there's been so many Loki variants. If they erase one Loki variant, then there's no more Lokis. That's a lot of Lokis that are gone. That's fair. Okay. Have you seen that guy from episode one yet? Who like came in like the other random guy who was like also being processed? He got erased. Like, have we seen him in a in a TVA uniform yet? No, I don't think so. That'll that'll be the clue. Yeah, that'd be something to look for for those that feel like scouring the backgrounds of the TVA offices, which. Justice for that guy. He he didn't really he didn't get a fair trial. He was just like yelling, and they're like, you know, we don't have time to bid up with this guy. And then they like whack him with the stick. It's like, man, I didn't know you couldn't fight. You couldn't talk back in the TVA. They have some high high roles over there. Yeah, he was just like slightly unsat. Like I mean, he wasn't like I've seen people behave worse at restaurants than that guy was. Uh, you know, and and the people there will treat them with respect. So yeah, uh, he was like uh, Dustin Hoffman in that movie where he's like, "Hey, I'm walking here." That's what he was like in the TVA. He's like, "Hey, I'm just I'm here. I'm a very yeah, I want to take a ticket." <laughs> exactly like that scene. Uh, you guys have anything else on the timekeepers? All right. I just don't know look. anything about them. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's I, I feel like they're almost too ominous for there to be. I don't know. It, it's almost like they they have to be greater than they are described. Like, uh, well, it's classic Marvel. It's the same thing as Wandavision, where they give us a villain that they introduce in the first couple episodes. They they introduce Wanda as like Wanda is the one doing all this, and like Wanda was the villain all along. But they like then they give this twist of like, oh no, it's. It's Agatha. That's that's the big twist. And I feel like that's what they're doing here is they're giving us no information on the timekeepers because they don't want to reveal their hand that the timekeepers are going to be this big surprise in like episode five. As long as we get the song, I'm happy. I mean, it was the timekeepers all, all along. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, that's fine. All right, so let's move on to highlight number three. And this is another one I'm excited about. This is the moon planet. And and maybe maybe I'm a little biased because again, uh, much like my comparisons to the Mandalorian, this felt like a Star Wars planet to me. And uh, look, I'm a big Star Wars nerd. Uh, anytime that things can nod at, uh, at other uh, at Star Wars, I'm all about it. Um, yeah, I just thought from like the costumings of the people, uh, even on the train, it seemed like something from Canto Bight from uh, the Last Jedi, like uh, the city, like all of it. I, I guess the city was even more cyberpunky, which I'm down for too. Or, or, yeah, man, I I love the visuals of the Moon Planet. So, Adam, what do you think of uh, the the planet here? So, uh, well, I am uh, famously not a Star Wars person. Okay. However, the the vibe that this planet gave me was very Doctor Who esque. This whole episode felt really like Doctor Who. Uh, even like from the whole like cataclysm thing at the end, like it all like played perfectly in an episode. Um, but I loved it. Like the whole, uh, and there's like a lot that was sort of hinted at on the planet that wasn't like fully explored. Like I would love to know a little bit more information about um, just like the whole political system there, which sounds like such like a nerdy, ridiculous thing to say, but like, you know, they had like that long line of people waiting to get on the train. And then once they got on the train, there was like a ton of open space that like, clearly they could have fit more people on like, what's the dynamic there? Why is the dynamic there? Um, and then like some stuff in the actual city itself was really confusing. Uh, like we'll talk at the end about the whole arc uh, getting destroyed thing, of course, but like 
why were like people fighting them in the city when the whole place is about to like explode? Like, do we not have better things to do with our time than like try and kick some ass like downtown? Like, what are we doing? Um, it just made no sense to me. <laughs> um, but I love the whole vibe of everything. The motivations and actual actions didn't make much sense to me, but the vibe was great. <laughs> good vibes over in uh, good, good vibes on the moon planet. Yeah, I mean, it was very sci-fi, very dark. Maybe this is how they release that. Do- uh, Tom Hiddleston will be the uh, new Doctor Who. The, you know, after way down the line. That would surprise me, but yeah, yeah. Well, me too. Me too. <laughs> We're breaking it now. Uh, I agree with you. There was like a lot of storylines. They could have spent like almost a couple episodes on this moon planet. Like, I want to know more about the woman in the cabin yeah. with this air thing. Like, that was cool. And like her story and like she's staying there for love, but not really love because she like hate is love. Listen, their metaphor was not as good as Vision's metaphor about love. Vision had a way better line about love than Loki or Sylvie did put together. Visions experience love, and I don't think Loki and Sylvie have. So, That's a good point. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have uh, too much else on uh, the Moon Planet here. Besides, I, I was down for the visuals. So, uh, how did no one get taken out by these like falling rocks? There was so many of these falling rocks. I don't think we saw one person really like it fall on them. Like it seemed very convenient that the, these rocks were just coming out of nowhere, and they never. They also didn't hit this cabin that was just sitting in the middle of, of the moon planet. Those are some of my takes, but I do think the, the, the design, like, I think I've read this other way. Even my roommate who does set design was like, the set design was pretty cool on this planet, especially at the end scene where they're like, uh, in the, in the city with the neon lights. It was pretty, pretty cool production wise. Yeah. Very, uh, Godzilla versus Kongi there at the end. Uh, uh, the other thing I think that's potentially interesting here is that like, they're still there. Yeah. Right. Like we're not done here fully with this planet. I don't know like what that means. Like, and maybe some of the things that I'm like upset that we didn't get to this time are going to be covered more later, but also like everyone's dead. So I don't know, like they're not going to be there for long either way, <laughs> but um, they're still there for now. I, I'm, it'll be really interesting to see how they get off of this planet. If they get off, I mean, they get off of this planet, but like, no, they just die uh, <laughs> in the next episode. It's over. <laughs> we get a five minute episode. It's just like, all right, the, that's the, it. The, the art they just failed. falls in them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shoot. You get the uh, Grant that auto, like, game over appears on the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but it will be interesting to see, like, how they get off this uh, this planet if there's, like, more people on this planet that will help them get off. Maybe there's just some extra batteries lying around. There's, like, a whole, you know, supply of these batteries for the transporter that is there. been really upset yeah. about these batteries yeah. <laughs> just makes no sense Tommy. It makes no freaking sense how yeah. this thing is out of juice like right now <laughs> when you can't <laughs> use neon signs that's not enough power Listen, okay have. you guys this is like a half star wars podcast yeah like you guys have like that episode eight where the the ship is out of gas like that's the whole plot point and people hate it they rail on it all i hear is oh that's a ridiculous concept but now here we're all like oh yeah all right it's out of juice that's fine like that's okay <laughs> here but like not there this is this is the way I always look at this stuff because there is, and I think a lot of stories are. I mean, there's a lot of convenience in things, and there's a lot of convenience in storytelling and the way that things just kind of fall into place and work out or not work out, and how that advances the story. But 
I always, I always just have to remind myself, this would not be a story worth telling if these things weren't convenient, right? Um, so, and maybe that's how I kind of get over some of the stuff. Nope, not doing it for you. It just seems, I don't know. <laughs> it seems convenient to, to yeah. be like, yeah, okay, it's out of juice, fine. Just move past it. Do you want an episode where they where they describe how the time pads work, how the power, just a whole... Just have it be destroyed. Why did it like need to be recharged? That's... Just have it be destroyed. Because they still needed hope that they could use the time pad. And then they were going to go on the arc. But I agree with you. They could have just been like from they the beginning. They just yeah, had to go on the arc. it well, shattered. That... That leads me to believe we're asking what happens next week. I mean, that's a good point. If they find another way, it would have shattered. I feel like the fact that it is out of battery means they will get it working, and that's how they'll get off. So you know it shattered, God, it shattered if, at one point. If they uncover a box of batteries, so help me, God, I, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> if that's how they end up getting off this planet, oh, I will be so happy just I because I I get it there then hear the Adam rant afterwards. I will be very upset. All right, let, let's move on because I'm really excited. A little bit, a change of pace here because there's a lot of really awesome things to talk about with a highlight number four, and it's Loki and Sylvie. And I I love this highlight because I think it's we had just so much meat on the bone here to chew with uh, Loki and Sylvie. Um, so so many great reveals in here. Um, I, I, I obviously a big a big highlight from this and that I saw people posting about everywhere is that Loki is finally confirmed to be bisexual, yeah. which I, I I do look um, Marvel. Hmm, how can I say this sensitively? Um, Marvel, there were there was a point in the Marvel timeline, for instance, Iron Man, where they never would have touched a storyline like this. Um, but I think since maybe like in game they had they had a couple lines in there about uh, a gay character, right? And then now we kind of get that again with one of our main characters. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of in like the acceptance phase uh, from Marvel and Disney of like integrating these types of stories, but we are not in the storytelling phase of these types of situations. I guess what I'm trying to say is Loki deserves to be with a man. You cowards put him with a man. Let's make it happen. I'm, I'm, Let's not talk, I'm done talking. I'm done saying, Oh, this character is gay or the director is saying, Oh, Valkyrie is, is she, she's, I don't know what her orientation was, but uh, a lot of this stuff comes out in interviews, right? Uh, it's, or, or just a line of dialogue. Uh, when are we going to start actually telling these stories? So uh, that, that, that's my rant. That's my rant there. I agree. Yeah, I'm definitely 100% with you. I think I, and I don't know if anyone else was, but I was a little surprised that we didn't hit on some of this stuff in Spider-Man. I kind of expected that to be the place where we uh, like sort of uh, put in some of these storylines. And I think it could have been really interesting there. I'm definitely glad that it's here. I will say just maybe uh, in slight disagreement with you that I don't want to see Loki end up with anyone, be it man or woman i don't think that that's like a compelling story to me like that makes no sense completely um, fair. Completely fair. but uh, other than that like i'm into it like <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what i'm hoping they don't go down i don't know maybe this is just me i i, I mean i know it's not because i saw other people online but there was some sexual tension between loki and sylvie and it's weird because they're very yeah. it's like it's a, i mean i guess it makes sense for loki that he would be in love with himself but like it's still, I don't know how I feel about it, but it's, I mean, they're, they're, the chemistry between them is there. 
Um, and it's it's so fun to see them banter with each other. I also like that Sylvie was a little more. At times, she felt kind of like kiddish in a in like a Loki way, where it's like it was in the same way that Loki's like my plan is always brilliant and it's always going to be the best plan. And this is how I'm doing it. And I kind of like that from Sylvie that she had a little bit more personality than we saw in the last episode. Mind you, she only had like a couple lines in the last episode, but like, it was very like, like um, this is the plan. This is working. I know everything. And this was kind of like, I know everything, but like I might also be wrong. And it was a little more fun. It was definitely like really interesting seeing them use some of their like abilities together. And so like, there were kind of like the, the, I guess like three main part, well, four, if you count the first fight scene, but like when they first get onto that planet and they go into that house with the woman, I loved when they like both had their separate approaches. Right. And so like Sylvie's going up there first and she just like tries to brute force it gets shoved back. And then I think that like we're led to believe that Loki is able to like do this successfully because of his abilities. And then bam, he like gets shot back too. like, they're both super different, but like that was a clear indication that like they are the same. Like they are, are very similar in that sense that like the outcome is still going to be the same for them, which was like really interesting. Uh, especially since like the last episode we saw Sylvie was like, 15 billion steps ahead of everyone and loki was like definitively not uh and so like it's interesting like going from that juxtaposition to like this similarity uh i loved it i thought it was really interesting yeah yeah all good i I do have a question here um in my my memory i've seen every marvel movie multiple times but my I, i have a horrible memory has loki ever been seen drinking before I think wine. I think he, when he was um, pretending to be Odin, I think he was like when they that play scene, and I think Thor uh, two Dark World. He's or whatever Ooh. was that Ragnarok, whatever one he was pretending was to be right. Odin. Yeah, was right. Uh, right, yeah. I think he was like drinking some wine there a little bit, but like yeah, we definitely saw a, a toasty Loki or a fake toasty Loki. It's hard to ever tell with him if it's all just an act. The whole time, I feel like I'm getting played by him. He's too charming. I- I just thought of, maybe this is like where things got a little weird for me and, and like the convenience of it all. It's like uh, Loki was like downing the drinks, right? Like uh, they bring over two drinks for each of them. Sylvie doesn't want one. He has both. And Love then uh, she takes a nap and then he's drunk later. And I'm just like, I I, I don't know that it's almost like, uh, look, I, I don't like to call anyone an alcoholic. Right. But, but from my understanding, the definition of an alcoholic is somebody that drinks so much that their life is unmanageable, right? They can't manage certain situations and they find themselves in trouble like this situation. So I'm not saying he's an alcoholic. We've only seen him drink this one time. Right. So it's hard for me to say that. With that being said, like this is an alcoholic tendency here. I mean, uh, that you completely blew your whole operation over a couple of drinks. It does not bode well for me that I was about to say that this scene feels the most relatable to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, like the whole give you a drink and then she's like, oh, I don't want one. It's like, oh, I'll take it. Thank you. Like that was like my spirit coming out in television form. I, <laughs> I loved it. So that's maybe not a great sign. And I should do some introspection. Um but no, it was like really interesting, right? And he was like such a different person when he was drinking. I think that is like one of the biggest contrasts. He was like singing. He was, and I think he was singing in Asgardian, also just FYI. Um, he was like singing to the whole, th- and of course, they had the moment where he's like, another, like, you know, he had that amazing <laughs> moment. Um, 
but it was like such a contrast between the Loki that just like disguised himself as a guard and like used his cunning to get onto the train to the Loki that is now drunk on the train, like singing at a bar. And that's where maybe I'm giving Loki too much credit. It, I agree with you. It was a drastic difference that it almost felt like this is a Loki has a plan and he's doing that plan by pretending to like by getting drunk or I maybe I'm giving too much credit, but it really felt like such a jump from I, we've never seen that Loki before. So it's hard for me to believe that's like the true Loki. Cause we you have like, it's the opposite though. I feel like it's the opposite where he always does have a plan and like acts that way. And then like now he like, from what we're led to believe and what, from what I actually do believe he like, doesn't have a plan. I think he's in like way over his head. And so he's drinking and is acting differently. Is that not the vibe you're getting? Maybe I just have trust issues. Maybe I just, I, I, I can't open my heart to Loki. I just don't want to, I don't want to get burned by him again. Every time I think Mm -hmm. he's going to have a moment of like, change and he's gonna he's gonna be the hero he just lets me down and i can't i can't be broken anymore loki and so for that reason i'm not giving you the roast tonight loki i'm sorry yeah well it's okay you have trust issues i'm an alcoholic like you know it's all it's all relative michael hates libraries we're just all we all have everyone's got their thing uh no but it's like interesting right because he always like in every single time we've seen him before in every movie, he's like always had a plan. Like he's definitely felt in control. Even if he's like not in control, he's always like acted as though he is in control and he's like not doing that here. So it's very interesting. That is a good point. Um, I also want to clarify. I've ruined a lot of parties because of alcohol. So I, I'm completely in the unmanageable section as well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I, I mean, uh, would still be, Sylvie had a lover that was a postman. Yes. yes. What the hell? Melfisto as the postman is her lover confirmed from WandaVision or it's Stan Lee as the postman at the Baxter building. Those are my two thoughts of who Probably the postman both. is. Probably if both, you think right? it's both. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Well, Mary at the same yeah. time, even. Or maybe it's the Stan Lee that the, the Tony stink. I mean, it's- <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He was like, yeah, he was fat I think, but uh, I guess that's a postman. So, yeah. uh, so like talking about the Loki and Sylvie dynamic, I'm curious as to both of your thoughts relative, to, like Loki and Sylvie versus Loki and Mobius, because like we've had kind of like the two different pairings with Loki. Like, uh, what do you think between the two? Which one do you like more? I think I like Loki and Sylvie a little bit more. Really. Um, yeah, and, and I, I've, I've said it before. I'm a huge Owen Wilson fan. Um, I think his character is a little muted in this show, and I think it's, I mean, it's it, it, there's a purpose to that. Like, And I think he portrays it perfectly. Like, that is the role he's portraying, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, I think I just, I like Sylvie a little bit more as a character already, and I think maybe it's a bit more of, like, the mystery behind it all. And the fact that, again, it's like, we've been talking about it this whole time, like the contrast between the two. I think that is what is making for a really cool relationship where they're sharing different stories about uh, how they learned about their powers and their mothers and the contrast between their fighting styles. And uh, I, I just think there's a lot more to like, uh, to look at here. Yeah. I think for me, I like Mobius as a character, maybe more, but I think they've done more in one episode with Sylvie and Loki in the sense that like, they showed that per- they opened up personally. 
Mobius and Loki have not opened up personally to each other yet. And I think that's why I feel like the relationship between Sylvie and Loki, it's easier for me to invest in. That being said, I think that they're not even being fully truthful. I, I like, it was weird. Cause it's like the wall came down very quickly between them, but I'm like, that doesn't feel like what, a, what Loki either Loki would do. And so I am more careful about those as opposed to Mobius has been like pretty honest with, at least from our perspective, pretty honest with uh, uh, Loki of like, Hey, I'm using you for an end. You know, this is how much I trust you. Very little. So Adam, by your reaction, I I assume you prefer Morbius or Mobius. Sorry, oh God, I did it, Tommy. <laughs> Mobius and Loki, right? I think so. Just like based on what we've seen before, I think so. Uh, I mean, it's close. Like I like I said before, like I love the Loki Sylvie relationship. I'm fascinated to see like where this goes. Um, but uh, Mobius was missed for me this episode. Tommy said it right at the top. Like I think he was really missed in this episode. Um, it like I, I guess it helps because the whole time the whole episode I was expecting to get like cutscenes back to the TVA cutscenes back to Mobius of like what they're doing in response to this and we like didn't I think it was like very intentional like they're all alone isolated on this planet like okay like it was good storytelling but uh, he was missed I could have used a little bit of Mobius in this episode. What if next week it does not pick up at the moon. It picks up from the TVA right after the supermarket. The whole episode is just Mobius's point of view. And the end of that is him jumping to the moon, saving Loki and lady Loki. And that's how do we feel about that? Cause I could see them do that, but I would probably be like, no, this is like, we're ready to some action. And then you're going to pull us back and be like, let's see everything that has led up to this from Owen Wilson's point of view. See, I think because we got an episode like that in WandaVision, right? We kind of got to see the whole other side of everything with Darcy and all that. Um, I, I think the difference here is we have two less episodes than WandaVision. This is the mid-season finale. Again, uh, Just we're it's kind of weird that uh, we've been covering Bad Batch for so much longer, and within a week we've both hit mid-season finales here um, because it's only six episodes. So it's, it's hard for me to imagine that we will be spending a whole episode on Mobius. But gosh, when you first described it, I hated the idea, and then you compared it to like one of the best episodes of WandaVision, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe then, we could. But then Adam's gonna listen to it again and then change his mind. Yes, yeah, in a couple <laughs> days, I'll be like, oh, that's a terrible idea, <laughs> so, like the kombucha girl. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, I don't know. It could be interesting. I hope. I hope that we don't go more episodes without Mobius. I don't know, like, what that means, but like. We don't need to spend the whole episode on him, but I hope that we don't have any more episodes without him. Yeah. I, and I think what's hard too is like, I miss him and like, he would have had a field day with this whole, like Mobius would have been so fun on this moon planet. Yeah. Um, like Loki would keep trying to do things and he'd be like, you can't, you can't upset the balance. Like we, we like, you know, like him and Pompeii, like that was a funny bit. And I think that would have been fun to see like the more like, the, the more like straight edge cop. And then you got Loki, the, the reckless wild card. And I think the problem with like Loki and Lady Loki is like they're both the wild cards and neither of them trust each other, which is another fun, complex relationship, but it's just different than what we were being set up for. Fair. So let's move on to this might be a, this might be a short one. We've kind of covered a lot of it, um, but highlight number five is the train. And 
I guess the only thing I haven't said thus far, uh, minute detail here, uh, but the guards, uh, I was all about that aesthetic. I want that outfit. That's my Halloween costume. They were cool. They were cool. Your like team them. team guards here. You're, yes. uh, okay. That's so funny. I literally turned to my, my roommate and I went, why is there this big pointy how it was like an extra visor on top of their visor yeah uh that was my take but uh you know it's the you can wear the guard outfit i it's the star wars thing it's, a, it's such a again it's like uh it's, a, it's completely ridiculous but it's just kind of less cool do you think they could use the the top of the glass as like a like a battering horn they could like headbutt people with like the little because it like hangs so far off god tommy right as you're about to say that i thought you're gonna say as a battery and not as a battering horn <laughs> <laughs> the batteries were here all along <laughs> right there uh I, the guards are so confusing to me again like I, even on the train situation uh like i said before it's like one of those things i wish we explored more of like who's allowed on this train why are they allowed on this train like what is the actual deal here um and I'm like why are they fighting in the city but uh no the tr- the all the train scenes were really good also um like every single scene was really good. Like the, the dialogue between the two of them where they're talking like love is and they get the different metaphors. Um, and the dancing scene was great. And the fighting scene was great. The train was a good scene. Yeah, I loved uh, Sylvie's uh, use of the her her helmet. She like pulls it off and almost uses it like Wolverine claw. She's just yeah. like hitting people with these. Hoods. I will say like these people have, they had like knives and swords and there was a lot of non-lethal <laughs> damage being done on this train. <laughs> they probably could have wrapped this up way quicker if they just started stabbing people. Yes. We're going to have to wait for a Deadpool 3 for that rated R Disney content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have been, could have been quite the shift. Yeah. No. Uh, anything, anything else on the train? Because I'm excited to talk about Highlight 6. I know this is brief, but uh, the the variants of the TVA. Uh, and I, I know, Tommy, you have a lot to say about this, too. Because this is interesting, and I, I think it opens up a whole world of possibilities. But, uh, yeah, Tommy, I want to I hear what you think. Yeah, I mean, and this, like, to me it was interesting. That it was kind of, like, nonchalantly said by Sylvie at, at a point. And, like, to me, this is a big deal. We've been told that the timekeepers created the variants. Now, this could still be true if they, like, took bodies and recreated them into the TVA. But that's a big deal that we haven't heard from yet. And to me, this, like, makes the timekeepers more sketchy in my books. And it also opens the door to, like... Who were these people? Like Mobius. Who was Mobius before he joined the TBA? And like maybe there's been references to like who or where he came from all along with like the sodas he's been drinking, the like the the old, you know, from discontinued sodas or like his love for jet skis. Like, is there something that's gonna come up from his past that influenced like, you know, that's like coming through, you know? Yeah, and maybe that's my, like, hesitation with Mobius thus far is, like, we don't truly know who he is, right? And it, it's hard for me to, like, attach myself. I said last time he could be a composite of mist, for all we know. Like, he, he does, we don't even know that he's a human, right? So, it, like, we know very little about this guy. And I do think that that is interesting. I think this opens up a whole new world of possibilities for Mobius as a variant. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down. I, I definitely want to learn more about Mobius, and uh, this this is this will be cool, so... Uh, Adam, what do you think about all this? 
Uh, it was really interesting. Like I said, like right at the very beginning, it's it's fascinating to think of them as variants, like everyone who in the TVA is variants. I don't know if it super changes my thoughts on the TVA as a whole, though, even if they do end up being variants. Maybe it does a little bit, but like they're still not great, right? Like the TVA, the TVA is not the good guys, no matter how you slice this. Uh, and so I think like them capturing, creating, like what's the difference really? I mean, the one big, big key to this chain for me, it explains why Casey didn't know what fish were. So, uh, because they erased fish from his memory, you know, that was a big thing we were missing. That fixes it all for you. That, that resolves that plot point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it all makes sense why he didn't know what Loki was talking about when he said, uh, okay. Got you like a fish. Yeah. All right. I guess I guess my big thing is I'm not sure what the purpose and I think this is why I feel like it's a big deal because they originally lied about it. I, I think that's what's most interesting to me is like, well, what, what else are you hiding? You know, like uh, because there's no reason that this had to be kept from us. We could we could have found this out in episode one. They could have told us in a line and we'd be like, all right, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's again, this this kind of uh, this leads me back to the timekeepers theory. Like uh, if the whole thing was that the timekeepers created these people and they actually didn't again, uh, who are the timekeepers? What are they actually doing? Right. Uh, because thus far, uh, we're not seeing much proof of anything. So are they, do you think that they expected us to be like pro timekeepers, like pro TVA at any point in this series? I mean, Owen, like I'm pro Owen Wilson, I'm pro Mobius. So like maybe, it wasn't until episode two that I really turned on them. I, I liked them in episode one. I felt like, man, I'm, I'm, I thought they were kind of like, I mean, it was more like the DMV type thing. Like, mm -hmm. um, like they're fine, I guess, but I wasn't against, like, I wasn't going to go burn down the DMV. Yeah. Me, you know, if, I think Disney, this is me speaking to you, Disney, uh, just realize that people are going to probably question anyone you bring in. Like at this point, I kind of think of it like D and D uh, where like for those that play <laughs> D and D players will always distrust the non player characters that the DMs bring in. So these are players that the DM is playing and no one will ever trust them. And I feel like that's how the timekeepers are for me. It's like, it's Disney is the DM and they're like, all right, here's these characters and just believe us. They're good guys. And you're like, <laughs> But I don't know if I do believe you. How should I trust you? You have no trust with I have no trust with you, Disney. Timekeepers, show me, show me that you're good. Bring me some muffins right now, and maybe I'll believe in you. Is that what would do it? Like a muffin basket? Yeah, and if they uh, tell me that Casey's a variant, Casey. which would explain the fish thing for me, and also the muffins, then I'd yeah. be completely on board for the okay. timekeepers. Wow, you're easily bought. I, I respect that you admit that. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy, I still don't understand how that explains the fish thing. Like that, maybe I'm missing. You said they erased yeah. their minds. Like, yeah. So he was like, maybe Casey was maybe a human before, right? Maybe he loved fish. Maybe he was a sushi chef. This is my. I'm writing a narrative for Casey. Casey was a sushi yeah, chef true. who became a variant, and they they wiped him and made him a TVA secretary. And now he just sits there with his with his drawer full of Infinity Stones and. When Loki asked him about fish, he didn't know that because they erased so much of it because he loved fish so much that they had to get rid of it, or he was gonna he was gonna he was gonna fall back into his uh, before the TBA ways. 
So it explained everything. Once I knew he was a variant, I'm like, ah, that makes sense why he thinks that uh, fish don't exist. See, Tommy, when you say things like this, it makes me wonder why we're waiting until the end to hear your potential spoiler <laughs> ideas. Like, are, are they the same? Like, what are we doing here? Are they the same caliber? Is that like no, a good those number? are... Those are my Disney vault ideas. Those oh, are like my. Those okay. are locked in like, storage. Okay, all right. We find out that Casey is a sushi <laughs> chef. Yeah. Don't come crying back to come on this podcast, Adam. I, if, I, if Casey is a sushi chef, I don't even know. You can never show your face here again, yeah. Adam. I would never do. Yeah, I would never dare. <laughs> uh. All right, so let's let's move on to our last highlight here. Um, it's all about the Ark destroyed. Um, I, and I, I think we kind of touched on this a lot too. Um, I, don't, I don't know, Tommy, do you have more uh, specific comments on all this? Yeah, I think that it's interesting. Like the whole Ark destroyed, the whole thing of like this is a um, a universe that like a post or apocalypse pocket dimension right and we just got introduced to like pompeii and like the whole idea of like the tva hasn't figured out how to find variants inside pocket dimensions so i feel like that's definitely going to be part of the next episodes they're trying to find them but like they're in this pocket dimension right but i i think with the arc destroyed this was like an interesting scene there was one thing that stuck out to me and it makes me question loki seemed to have ridiculous powers he literally, there was a building falling, a giant building, and he just, he made it disappear. He just teleported. What, what, does he have that ability? <laughs> I, you know, I, I remember the scene. I, I don't remember him disappearing. Uh, Adam watched it three times. I probably should have watched it at least twice because yeah. I might have <laughs> remembered this. But uh, I thought he like, I thought he just knocked it back a little bit. Like, I thought he did a force push. It, like, Does he have that ability? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it was this huge. It was a huge building that was like falling. He's like stopped it in midair and then like pushed it back up. Yeah, and then over the other way. Is he Magneto? Is this how we get the X Men? <laughs> I hope not. I really, really hope that that is not the situation here. And um, Casey becomes uh, Professor X, the sushi chef galore at the. Uh, at the I mean, X. what's the most powerful thing that Loki's done so far? Probably shape shifting. We've seen him shape shift. He doesn't even really do his silver tongue. Like I wish they used his like the, Loki's big thing is supposed to be like he's the master of persuasion. Like he's the master of of the silver tongue. And like multiple times, like with the guards thing, he's trying to convince them, and like no one's buying what he's selling. So yeah, that's what I see his powers as. Is more of like he's more of like a simple like ma- magician was kind of how he's described. Like he has like precision, which I can't say, but he's like shooting fireworks out of his hand. Like it's like small things, not pushing an entire building across out of his out out from under him. You know, it felt like Wanda when he did that for sure. It definitely felt like it was Wanda doing that. Um, because I guess we've never seen him do anything like that before, have we? Hmm. Yeah, I also feel like. Uh the 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 staff he had with the infinity stone in it like that that was so important to him because it was so much of his like it was much more than what he was right uh, like he needed a crutch right he needed a a weapon to assist him like 
so well, and I think it's interesting. Like now that we have like more magic users, I think it's interesting how it's like they they almost have different fortes, right? Like Loki is really good at what Loki does. Lady Loki really only does like enchanting. Like that's her thing is like the mind control stuff. And we saw like what you're saying. Loki had to use the staff in order to mind control Hawkeye, right? Like he had to, he had to have something else enhance his powers uh, to be able to do anything somewhat like that. So I think it's interesting that there's like different classes of magic, and it's like just because you're good at one doesn't mean you're good at all of them. Is it all a ruse? Is Loki was the building fake? Is this all just a? So the, the yeah. So this is one of the theories that's going out. We'll get into the theories a little bit. Oh, Westview! Damn your, it! I knew it. It's Westview. One of your big theories that you got there. <laughs> they all... Okay. Well, they listen. Got... I'm the I'm the speaker for the public. I'm I'm the public. The people's choice is right here. Wow. And uh, Michael, you put up with this every week. Put up with the people's choice. I mean, so barely. Like, I'm here. That's about it. Dear I put Lord, up with you tried to get rid of me last week for Chad very quickly. Like, <laughs> Chad was on one podcast. <laughs> Chad said that. I just followed up on it. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, you serious?" Uh, but one of the theories out there, and some of these plot holes that we've been talking about that Adam has had this with the building is that either. Lady Loki, when she touched Loki's head, she actually did enchant him. And then in the enchantment, it looks like, oh, like Loki, it didn't work. Loki's too strong-willed. But really the whole time, Loki's been under her control for this whole scene. Or vice versa, Loki is controlling Lady Loki. I would be a little annoyed at that. I hate when shows do that thing of like, ah, the whole thing you just watched was a dream. Like that annoys me. So I I would be frustrated. But it would solve some of our issues with the with the plot holes of certain things is like, yeah, this is, this is a illusion. So that's why some of this is, is the battery thing as Adam is frustrated with. It's like, yeah, this is an excuse to get them on this adventure and the illusion. If we believe someone's being enchanted. The idea with that would then be for Sylvie to try and get the thing from Loki or get more information on the TVA, any, I think all of the above, I think, and like vice versa with Loki is like, he's trying to get information of what her plan is. So both of them are like, if, if the one of them is enchanting, it's to get information uh, out of the person by making them feel comfortable. I don't, bonding. I don't love it. Yeah, I agree. So at what point did they touch? When did this happen? Because uh, early on, like, she like, she like grabbed before him. they went to Lamentus. I, believe so or it might be right when they landed on lamentus yes it was in that first building that they landed in because okay. she like grabbed him up like i thought they were yeah. about to kiss like she, it was like, very him, like, against the wall. and like, she spent like a while the- on it and she was like wait and he's like yeah it doesn't work and like i'm like that would be a twist of being like no it did work but she just made him think that it didn't um there would be theory. there would still be inconsistencies there though right Yes, and like, and, a, like a lot of them. Yeah, you know, I'm just speaking what's out there. I'm not saying it's it, it works. Well, or not. Well, don't get defensive, Tommy. You speak for the public. I don't want to. You're right. I am the people's choice. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you don't have to defend yourself. They are all on your side. Yeah. Um, and then the other the other <laughs> theory that I heard is like kind of with your timekeeper thing. I like your theory that it's like the timekeeper is maybe Mobius, and you you'll, you can touch more on that in a second. But I the other theory is that it's a Loki bear. That it's like, it all, <laughs> yeah, the other theory is like it already is a Loki variant. And that's why they've been, you know, Lokis are everywhere. They're just so powerful, man. See, I think um, 
it would be weird to like like the the plot twist of the first episode was oh the villain is you and now they're gonna be like oh the next villain is also you you know like i i don't know that we'll go through that again what if um, they get up to the timekeepers they're like up and there's this desk and it's just like they spin the chair around and it's a little tiny kid it's kid loki the leader of the timekeepers i'm down i'm not down <laughs> that, would, that would not be amazing uh mobius is the timekeeper who uh michael that's your theory well, I think I completely misread you guys. I thought I thought Tommy might have picked up on the what I was trying to get at earlier. Uh, and I don't know if you even know who this is, Adam. You said you weren't a comic book person, but uh, I still think it's King the Conqueror. See, I thought you were thinking Mobius, which I think would be interesting. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to... Because I know King is an Ant-Man and the Wasp, and like a big part of that, I don't see them making him a big part of the show too. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe it could be the introduction, but... Uh, it would be intriguing. I, I mean, I'm very excited for it. King the Conqueror is coming. It's just yes. when is he going to be introduced? For the uninitiated, who who is King the Conqueror? So King the Conqueror is uh, maybe even Tommy's more equipped to, to because I, I read the Young Avengers, but uh, I feel like that's just a very small section of his story. But basically, he's a time traveler, right, Tommy? Yeah, and he is like, uh, because they love to tie everything in. I believe he... I don't know if he's directly the Richard sons, but like he is like Reed, like he's related to the Richards, Reed Richard and the Fantastic Four. Like he's their future, future son and like, or, or grandson or whatever it is. He's, he's part of that family. It's not that relevant, but uh, he's, yeah, he's a time traveler, very involved with TVA. Um, I don't know a ton on it myself, but I do know like he goes back into time to be like, this was always meant to be. It's kind of what the, it's like evil TVA. Well, his whole young Avengers thing was like, he's always got like a massive goal, whether it's like something evil or whatever, but the way he makes that happen is by going back in time and altering the past to make his trip to power more easy. So that, that's kind of his whole thing. Um, But yeah, what we do know at this point is Jonathan majors has been cast as King the Conqueror and he is showing up, and Ant-Man Quantumania, but I think he's going to show up earlier. If you remember, I think that uh, Thanos was it at the end of the, was it the first Avengers he was teased in the post credit scene? Um, and then he didn't show up for a long time from now. So I don't think it's impossible that uh, we get all of this stuff playing out and then maybe Loki's story ends or, or he continues on somehow. But at the end, we find out in possibly a post credit scene that Kang the Conqueror is the timekeepers. So, see, the reason I thought Mobius was because you said it was a lover of the judge. Well, I, I think that Mobius, we've kind of hinted at, might be there. Yeah. Might be some potential stuff there. We, oh. Let's let's play with this theory because I, I like to theorize and like it's all, you know. Listen, I know some people are are big on not random theories and getting their hopes up, but I think it's it's fun to look at all the possibilities. We're like looking at the timeline and all the different multiverses out there. Is there a possibility? ever that we could see that the big twist is that Mobius, but does that, does that feel a little too Agatha? Like where it's like the person we were closest to is really the villain all along. I mean, Agatha felt great. So I'm like, not going to be mad if that is what we do again. Again, as long as there's the song, that's like my one stipulation. They have to have the song. It was Mobius all <laughs> along. Like I can understand Agatha's strategy of like, kind of infiltrating herself and laying low and like being 
like like getting close with Wanda, right? Like that made sense to me. What doesn't make sense is why Mobius would need to be like, it's like the CEO of the company playing undercover boss in his own company for no reason. Like, like, what well, what is your goal? Like, why do you need to do all that? I don't know. Maybe to get closer to Loki? I don't know. Yeah, th- I mean, that's the only way I would see it is like, yeah, it's like he's kind of like almost like a Thanos thing of like where he puts the glove on and he's like, I'll just do it myself. Like, <laughs> I could see it where it's like, Mobius, if he is the the leader, it's like, I am the only one that I am the only one powerful enough to not be subjected to his, you know, cunningness, his Loki's Loki's charm. Gotcha. Hmm. It's a theory. All right. So, do you guys have anything else on this episode? I mean, we're we're kind of at the end here. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? I do have one more thing that I did not love that like didn't come up in the conversation Please. so Let's far. Uh, one of the lines that Loki said uh, about the people who were like about to die, he was, he kind of looked at Sylvie. He was like, they're just going to let them all die. That was the line that he said, the post Avengers Loki line. Uh, I agree so wholeheartedly with what you're saying, Adam, of like, Sometimes I think they forget that this is Avengers Loki. Yes, he got he got a movie, a, a family video of all of his highlights of the future. But does that really change a man's complete uh, vision? And like, yeah, like he shouldn't be caring. He was going to murder a bunch of Earthlings, like maybe a couple days ago. So it's like. I I think sometimes they blend that a little too much where it's like sometimes it feels too much like Ragnarok Loki and I'm like, uh, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't yeah. be this close. And the stuff with his mom too, they talked about a little bit on the train. Um, like this, and I, maybe my timeline's wrong, but this iteration of Loki's mom has not yet died. Yep. He did like see the memory in the one scene, right? Like when, when Mobius was playing all the different things out. But like this iteration of Loki still has a mother and that was like not how he was talking on the train. So I don't know if he's like already somehow internalized that somehow. <laughs> yeah, they really they they explain away a lot of the stuff with that with the his like highlights clips, right? Uh of, of his future life. So would you want to uh, see your highlight clips? No. Yeah, I don't know if I would want to either. What if it's like know. really sad? Like, what if it's just like me sitting on a couch eating like Lay's potato chips with? But the then you, you have like the chance to change that, right? But really? but that's if you believe you have free will, right? Like, well, that's- well, Loki <laughs> has a chance to change that. And well, I guess he's stuck in the TVA. But if if he weren't, like, if he saw his future while he was in Stark Towers at at his big attack, right? He would have the opportunity to. Uh, do things differently. What if this is all according to plan too? And he is the timekeeper and it's all according to plan. And then just like how the Avengers were always supposed to go back in time to stop Thanos, this too, he was supposed to do all this. And then he was supposed to betray the TVA. And I would be, I, you, you get so, it is. You, you walk such a tight line though, when you get into like time travel like that, where it's like, when you get into the idea that there is no free will, it's a very dangerous predicament that they're putting themselves in it just goes right back to what i said before it feels very doctor who of like going back i can't change this uh 
one of the interesting things I well, I know I'm like I'm trying back in as we're trying to wrap up, but like one of the interesting things was I really thought that at the end, like their actions, Loki and Sylvie, were going to be the thing, going to be the ones that caused the arc to explode. I was like really where I thought the whole thing was going. I thought that them like them getting the energy was what caused the arc to explode and not like save all the people. Like I really thought that's where it was going, uh, and like it didn't. I felt it was really interesting because like if this were a Doctor Who episode, like that would have been what what happens like them doing the thing they needed to do which caused the thing that cannot be changed like they grab the batteries right out from from the arc they like pull there it's like conveniently right there and they're like oh we just grab these batteries yes they put it back up and then it tries to launch off and it, it just falls back to the the planet like something like that which is where i thought it was going uh but it's not and i think like that's an interesting thing that they're playing with with time travel of like where can you go? What can you change? Is this the timeline? Even if it is like not the timeline, does that mean that things that I change now will impact things in the future back on the, it just is like a whole mess. And I think like, and and like, you might have some thoughts on this, but I do think this episode and in general, I, I think that next week's episode is going to make me either love this episode more or hate it more because it is, we were kind of left at a cliffhanger that it's like, we don't really there's something we're not being told. There's something we're, there's something else here. I feel like, and I feel like next week we'll be able to have clearer eyes and, and probably we'll make, come back and be like, I love this episode. It now knowing what I know. Yes. I, I just love the small scale. Like I, I compared to everything else we've seen thus far, this felt like a much smaller scale to the concepts we were dealing with before. And I think that's the stuff that I was questioning a lot more and this was like a break from that. This was like, all right, let's step away. Like we're talking about multiple timelines and multiverses and all this crazy stuff. Let's just take a step back. We're just in one situation here. And uh, I, that's what I liked. That, that was my jam. So, And I, I, I mean, we're nitpicking. I love, I did yeah. enjoy this episode immensely. Like I thought yes. it was very fun. Um, Sylvie, like the, I haven't, I don't think I've seen really much with her in it, the actress, um, but she's great. She's so good. She's in some British, like she's really popular. She's in some British sitcom, I believe, is, is what I've heard. So, um, but yes. Well, so, I'm guys. British sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Now we, uh, <laughs> this is what we're doing. This, it's our next recap. That's on me. Yeah, and if you want to join us on our, our recap of the British, British, <laughs> British uh, TV, I'm all for it. Do a Doctor Who recap. I'm I'm right there. That'd be so long. There's only like a million episodes. So other than that, it's perfect fodder for a podcast. Then it, it is. What about a Doctor Who podcast where each season you get a whole new co- hosting staff? Like it's like they're re- they're, It's like they're <laughs> like new versions of the Doctor. So each season is a different group of hosts. That's pretty. I good. feel like a podcast is all about the people, though. Like that's just a new podcast. Like, but you have to podcast. pretend like like it's like it's like season three, and like maybe Adam's the Tommy. So he's like, all right, I'm Tommy, guys. I yep. Doctor Tommy here. I am for the people. <laughs> that, that's my Tommy. That's as close as I can get. Pretty good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tommy, if I ever do replace you, it'll be with someone who looks slightly similar, and I'm going to have them come on and act like they're actually you. What if I start to, like, question myself? I'm like, am I the variant? Am I the original? Like, what's yeah. happening now? Mission accomplished, I think. That's... Oh, man. Yeah. All right, guys, you guys want to move into some recommendations? Yes. Tommy, do you have one prepared? Yes. I, I will say I'm getting to the point where I don't know if I'm repeating them. And if I am, it just means that I like them that much. So you yeah, should definitely uh, 
watch them. I recently watched a documentary on the Hulu uh, called The Orange Years. I actually, Naomi, I think, told me about it, who was on uh, many times on this podcast. And uh, it's a Nickelodeon documentary all about, like, the beginning. Of- I have to correct you because I just listened to your podcast. It was Jalen who told <gasps> me about it. See, I knew it was one of them, but I was going to give the credit to Naomi. <laughs> but we'll give the credit to Jalen. Um, I just want to brag that I, I, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> I listen to yours, too. This one. Perfect. Uh, and so... <laughs> Yeah, it's about the it's called the Orange Years, and it's all about like the beginning of Nickelodeon. It was really fascinating. As someone that grew up in the '90s, loving uh, Nickelodeon cartoons, it was really cool to see how there really wasn't a network dedicated that style of cartoons, that style for kids. It was a lot more educational before Nickelodeon jumped in, and like I don't know, as a like I said, nostalgia, very nostalgic, very fun documentary. Check it out. All right, I will. I'll do one. Uh, I don't. I don't really have anything new. I'm actually still watching Black Summer. I know Tommy's here, sick of hearing about it. I would love to recommend that again, but I'll keep my mouth shut. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw back to one of my. I, I don't. I might have also recommended this. I know we've talked about it for sure, but I had to put the nail in the coffin here. Uh, if you are a graphic novel fan and you have not read the series Saga by Brian K. Vaughn, you're out of your mind. You have to read this. This is like. Uh, so Brian came on. He's done a lot of he's done a lot of really big comic books. Why the Last Man, Paper Girls, both of which are getting television adaptations soon. Uh, but I think his best comic book series is Saga. And I think one of the cool things about this is is what he said was like he wanted to make a comic book that was impossible to adapt into a movie. And I think if there are any comic books out there, this is the one. It would be super weird um, because it is. It's like a lot of weird. There's like a baby seal person and like a giant uh penis man like there's some weird there is some weird stuff in there um but honestly the story is absolutely incredible it's on par with it's got like great like sci-fi space opera type stuff on par with star wars and uh uh, maybe not sci-fi but game of thrones right it's it's got that gravitas and and the characters and the surprising elements so um if you're into that kind of stuff my recommendation this week is Saga. Please read it. It's my one of my favorite things of all time. Hopefully they come back soon because like it's been a while and they yeah. left us. He's writing it. He is. He has said recently even that he is writing it. But they left uh, us in a really scary place. I'll say, and I'm still waiting to find out what happens next. Big cliffhanger. Uh, and I don't think it's a George R. R. Martin type situation. Um, I think he will finish it, but the question is when. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but Adam, I will I will toss it over to you. Do you have anything you'd like to recommend to the folks? I do. So this is not my official one. But if you're not playing D&D with us over on Poster Recaps, like I said before, you really need to do that. Um, you're missing out more than you could ever possibly imagine. My official recommendation, however, is they just put on Netflix the two seasons of The Mole, the reality TV show. If you have not seen it hosted by Anderson Cooper, it is... Uh, spectacular. I have watched uh, like a, a season and a half of the two seasons in like 36 hours. Like it's all I've done since they put it on Netflix. Um, it's so good. Like you really need to watch it. Uh, it's like fascinating. I can't believe that they stopped making it. I can't believe that it's still not a show that's on right now, but uh, maybe if enough people watch it, who knows, but it's so good. I would highly recommend it. 
I Adam's not the first to recommend this, right? Was it you or some somebody? Somebody has talked about the mole on here before. Um, maybe I'm losing it. I don't, maybe, but I, it just came out. So I'm going to give Adam the credit. If someone else wants to come find me. It's been up. I mean, it's like an early 2000s show. But well, like, yeah, but yeah, like it came on Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, Mole, great show. It's so good. Never seen it. So uh, that is on my list behind the genius. <laughs> Also, man, I've also been told to watch that. I was like right there. To, that was like gonna be. Yeah. If you're not, genius is so good. If you haven't seen Michael, the genius, I'm gonna wrap not, up the podcast so quick. <laughs> he's not watching it just because we've been pushing it so hard. Now I need to be like, you know what, Michael, you're not cool enough for the genius. You know, what? don't that's, watch it. Don't that's watch why it. you're not watching Black Summer though. What yeah, are, no, it's the same reason. Yeah. Same what are thing. we doing these recommendations for? If you guys aren't even watching the shows we're recommending, I, that's what I say. What is what is this? I mean, we don't have to watch each other's. The audience just has oh. to. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Glad I know where I stand. <laughs> and, uh, Michael tosses my uh, my recommendations right over his shoulder, right, <laughs> right into the audience. Okay, I mean, you are the people's man, so maybe <laughs> yes. maybe you should be watching. It. Yeah, I don't know what recommendations are good for Michael, but my recommendations are for the people. uh adam adam uh look i just met you tonight it was a pleasure you were so much fun uh tommy said specifically that you would be good for loki so uh he did not disappoint once again so thank you so much for doing this uh again i I don't know a whole lot about you i I don't know if you do other podcasts i I don't know what other kind of but i just want to give you the platform here you know if you want to play your twitter or uh, your instagram or whatever anything else you do (laughs) Uh, you're welcome to follow me on Twitter, Piano Man Adam One. Um, I yeah, I don't really do. I'm not, you know, I don't have like my own podcast. I'm not, you know, uh, not till we make the Doctor Who. Not till podcast. we make the Doctor Who rotating host podcast. Uh, again, like my, you know, I've said this is like my third time now. I don't want to be like a broken record, but if you like really want to come find me and like hang out and talk with me, I'm on the Post Show Recaps Discord like 24 hours a day, like playing D and D and playing Final Fantasy 14. Uh, as of late would also you know uh, if you're into that kind of stuff uh, like we've been playing that nonstop. so uh, that's where you can find me if you're interested uh, and this was great thanks so much for having me on I loved getting to chat about this yeah and and I'll plug him a little bit more like me and Adam worked on something called uh, a musical of D&D uh, join the BSR <laughs> you can listen to it on their Dungeons and D- uh, Dragons discord podcast uh, lots of fun making that with Adam, and Adam was really the the maestro behind the whole thing. So we uh, did. We created a D and D musical. Uh, so I don't know what the overlap is between people who listen to this podcast and people who like musicals, but or and people who like D and D. Like I don't know. Uh, maybe like I'm a weird person who fits in all three one, categories. There's at least but... one person that's a, that's like they're like perked up their ears. So yeah, I always, it's one person who doesn't play D and D but is intrigued by the idea of D and D, but just not to play. Yeah, loves musicals and is like, this is what I want a yeah. musical about D and D, so I don't have to play it. Listen yeah. to the musical. I selfishly like it's it's pretty good. Like I we we put a lot of work into that. Uh and we're in the thick of musical number two right now. Uh we're like in production and, and writing some stuff and doing some stuff. So come check us out over there. We would love to chat with you yep. and play D D with you. Yeah, and talk the- Loki with you too, you know. <laughs> Is there one thing we won't do with it? Like I will not talk about grapefruits with you. I'm never talking about grapefruits with you again, Tommy. Yeah, hundred percent. Forget about it. Love it. 
All right, guys, I'm going to wrap us up here, but without uh, some thank yous here. Uh, first and foremost, Aaron Robertson, who did our music. And I got to say, uh, last weekend, I met Aaron Robertson in person for the very first time. Uh, love Aaron. He's an awesome dude. So look, uh, go find him. If you need some music made, if you if you do a podcast and you're like, hey, this last person who made my theme song is really crappy, or I just pulled a, uh, one uh, a royalty-free song off off the internet. Uh, this guy will customize one for you. So go see Aaron Robertson. I also want to thank Ethan Kellum who did our logo. Haven't met him yet, but maybe one day. Uh, I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, five star reviews preferably, um, and tell a friend and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye, 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 bye. You're really changing up the buys. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much. I, I really felt comfortable. With Should the, I go back to the original? Just a bye.